any sort of network, you get out of it what you put into it. It is about, I want genuine relationships. You know, like a spider web can spin out from there and connect you with so many people through that one genuine connection. WWNA Women's Network Australia. Love it or hate it, networking is vital to giving yourself the best chance of success, whether you're running your own business or working for somebody else. But have you thought about what effective networking really is? I'm Louise Poole, Managing Partner of Podcast and Content Production Business Welcome Change Media, and we've partnered with Women's Network Australia to bring you WNA Trailblazers, amplifying the stories of women in business. In this first episode of WNA Trailblazers, CEO Cheryl Gray celebrates the 30-year history of Women's Network Australia and highlights just how important the presence of genuine, trusting relationships in your network is, as WNA embarks on its latest member benefit, this podcast. Cheryl, episode one of the podcast. How exciting. Are you excited? I am excited. I'm a bit nervous, I'd have to say, because I'm old school. I'm a journalist who likes to deal with words and print and paper and stuff. So this is exciting. Well, you do have all the papers in front of you. I do. Yeah. I'm the master of the papers. (laughs) You're the master of the tech. I have got the, look, I'm using an iPad as my paper. So it's. Yeah. See, I am very old school, but that's nice. Look, what I like about podcasts, lots of people listen to them Mm. and, you know, we multitask. And so people listen to podcasts while they're driving the car, cleaning the house, doing all those things. So it's a great way to connect with people. It is a great way to have a conversation with Mm. people. So this is all about networking conversations and having conversations with people to explore those things that you can't do through print or whatever. So yeah, very excited. So thank you for making it happen. I love this because it's taking Women's Network Australia, like it's, it's growing, it's moving. And that's something that's really been a theme throughout the whole of the journey of the business going from we've got these amazing one page front pages laid out in front of us that cool shots some cool glamour shots to to glossy mags to online digital and and now conversations directly into people's ears when they're on the way to work absolutely and I think any sort of organization that is all about members and building communities Mm. and building that sense of belonging you have to work with the technology to do that and you know yes WN has been doing that for 30 plus years. Everything from the very first newsletter, which I absolutely love and and do keep that with me, through to our magazines. Mm. And there's still something nice about having something in your hand that you can sit with a cuppa and and read and enjoy and take your time with. But definitely moving into a, a way that you can reach people on the run or be in their ears when it suits them rather than when it suits you. So yeah, that's terrific. And it is about evolving as our members evolve, as time evolves, as needs and technology mm. evolves. So for episode number one, which this is, I think it'd be really good to introduce the members to what you want to achieve from this, what we want this podcast to be for them. It is something that has been in my head for quite some time and we, in the past, WNA has had a couple of attempts. A lot of our members actually make their own podcasts mm. and are featured in other podcasts. So it's almost like an extension of those. But when I thought about you know what we might do with our podcast, I really wanted to at least focus on the first few episodes around some trailblazers, some yeah. women who I feel 
are trailblazers in their respective fields. And that doesn't mean they're old. No. (laughs) It means that they're doing things in ways that really blaze a path for others to follow. So I'm very keen to spotlight some of those people who I feel are really doing something that's a bit Mm. different and is really well grounded in what they do. So yeah, it's it's a bit of a trailblazer look. I love it. Let's talk. So what was your first encounter with the network then? Because you've been CEO since December. I've only been in the role for six months. But funnily enough, I am a former journo and back in the day, mm-hmm. um, the most important thing for any journo was their contact book. And it probably still is, although it's probably now on their phone rather than the standard issue green covered a it's, Z. A, it's our LinkedIn list now. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I was a newspaper journo in the sort of mid 80s to mid 90s and Women's Network Australia was one of the contacts mm. uh, in the, the sort of social affairs round, which was the sort of cute way of not saying the women's round, but it kind of was. And so Lynette Parman, who who founded Women's Network Australia, was based in Brisbane where I was working. And she was a name who I had in my contact along mm. with others and was someone that you talked to when you wanted someone's view on yeah. issues related to women and particularly women in business. Under W in the contact book for women's issues. Yes, that's right. Yes, yeah, under W. Everything was under W. <laughs> and I've still got that contact book, you know, oh. all these years later later I've still got my battered green contact book I don't think any of the numbers are probably still the I mean same we can anymore. try do you want to, we can give them a call like it can I be the, the live extra, podcast I think they all have an extra digit now. yeah we have to add the three yeah. to the front of all of them <laughs> But, but you know, that was a really important part. So I was always aware that Women's Network Australia existed, but, mm. but for a long time I moved on into a different space and then actually came back into the network a few years ago when it was being run by Janelle Bostock, who is a friend, and we knew each other through our sons who went mm. to school together. So I was working with Janelle and with the network, and so I got to meet all of these amazing women who were doing amazing things, have amazing businesses, But more than that, the network has a really warm feel about it. Mm. It's a very much a relationship based network. And that stems very much from the original aims of the organization. It's actually about helping women to be their best. And one of the things that a networking organization can do is just be there, you know, just be that relationship partner. Mm. And our members become trusted friends. And often through that, business follows. You know, you collaborate, you source from someone you know because you know what they do, you trust them and so forth. Mm. So I guess in some ways it's a softer kind of network for business women, but equally it's an opportunity to raise some of the issues that are still really important for women in leadership roles in business and for all working women for that matter. And throughout that time, I had a career in public relations and media. So I was working in that space and playing that role for Women's Network Australia and got to the point where I really wanted to remind myself what my purpose was. You know, I wanted to really Mm. just focus on purpose. And I think that's really important for anyone in business to really just focus and hone on purpose. And for me, I looked at everything I've done right back to that green contact book with the W's Mm -hmm. and it really was always about supporting women Mm. you know I've generally worked with and for women throughout my whole life so it seemed like a really obvious next step. Do you think you would say you'd been in a position where you'd had a lot of great women leaders around you? Absolutely I've really benefited from having great 
mentors, women mentors. I worked, when I left journalism, I worked for Cheryl Kernow when she was the leader of the Democrats. Mm. So an inspiring woman leader who at that time really had the balance of power and and was a key player in a lot of the major issues that were happening in the country. And then when I moved into public relations, I had some fantastic mentors and friends who really helped me, supported me, guided Mm. me, and I could look and observe and learn. So, you know, I think that's a really important thing that comes through this network and and not only this network, but it really is an important part of it. And it's certainly been important to me. I think your experience might have almost been unique in that because this kind of starting in the 90s with Women's Network, around that time, a lot of women wouldn't have had strong women leaders around them to help shape them and lift them up. So I I think it's a great value that you that experience can bring. Yeah. And I look, I think one of the things I'm so grateful for that Janelle has kept and that Lynette contributed to over a long period of time was these magazines, these mm. newsletters of the organisation. And look, they're great fun to look back on. <laughs> they <laughs> are. <laughs> Really interesting glamour shots. It's a really showcase in, in how photographers Do we change. need a glamour shot for the podcast art for Maybe this? Maybe we do. I, I don't I, know. I think just the logo might not be enough now. We might <laughs> need to get you dolled up and glamour shot. The, what it was, Vaseline on the lens. Yes. big trend. But what they also do is track issues. They actually give a working woman's perspective on what was important at mm. those times. So that was a time before, you know, childcare was really available. Yeah. That was a time when affirmative action was just coming into place. So for I think a lot of the things that we have today, we kind of take for granted. Absolutely. There were there were some very big battles beforehand, but I think the one particularly in the in the nineties was affirmative action. And it was this sense that you should get the job on merit, not just because you're a bloke. Mm. And that was groundbreaking because Mm. That was still going on. So through this sort of catalogue of issues and even the businesses that you see that were promoted through the WNA magazines and newsletters are a snapshot in time about what was important and how mm. things have changed. So it's a great historical record, I think, of some of the issues and the challenges that working women faced and how they worked together to resolve those. I think it can be very easy to forget where we've come from, from where we are because 25, 30 years on, people are having these conversations more frequently now. But the, the stuff that's in here in early stuff, um, like this this one here stood out to me when I read it this morning. What was this? Issue number three. Yep. And it was a front page, but it still had a man on it. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and it was about her, but it was yeah. also about him. And we don't need that well, anymore. It's a really interesting thing. And it's still an issue for a lot of business women today, particularly small business women who are wanting to start businesses Mm. the one big barrier to women starting businesses and expanding businesses is access to capital is to finance Mm. and most women still have to get their husbands to go guarantor on their business loan even though the husband may not be in any way contributing Mm. but you know that's still a sign that we regard women's businesses as kind of a hobby rather than an enterprise so yeah look 
look, it is interesting how some of those issues, but even things like work-life balance, you know, that whole work-life balance thing. Mm. When there was no, there were no childcare centres, they certainly weren't affordable, they weren't readily available to women. So women trying to work and or run a business must have been so much harder than mm. it is today. Mm. So it is a bit of the more things change, the <laughs> yes. more in some ways there yeah. are still yeah, two, two steps forward, there one are, step there back. There are battles to fight for sure. But, yeah. you know, it's really inspiring stuff and it's great to see that a, an organisation like this that really focused on women, that, that these women had the foresight to do that yeah. and to keep it going and it's still going and it will for another 30 years. Exactly. So how can the WNA members leverage the most out of making these connections with each other through this network, do you think? Yeah, look, there's so many ways, but I think really forming those deep relationships is Mm. really the essential part. You know, I know some people turn up to say an event or whatever and think, well, I I didn't get any clients out of it. You know, I handed out 10 business cards and... Might work out in the future. Well, that's exactly right. Like you can't sort of go and sort of wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, here I am, Mm. come and get me. And you can't do that with anything in business. You know, you've really got to... I'm a big believer in trust. All the studies show that trust is that critical factor in terms of consumer behaviour or any sort of decision making that we make. Mm. So we've got to earn that trust and we have to take time to build that trust. So it's repeated effort. It is it is turning up to multiple live events. It's, yeah. it's being part of, you know, virtual events. It's putting your name out there by, you know, being part of the magazine. Mm. You know, we have um, some fantastic blogs. We have, again, a wealth of information on our website that our members can tap into or that anyone can tap into Mm. because the other thing I think about any sort of network and whether it's professional association or whatever it is you get out of it what you put into it Mm. so you've got to be prepared to do something you know there's lots of opportunities for people but they have to be prepared to put in rather than sit back and expect that everything will happen and and that's why it's so great working with these women who really feel like this is part of them and their business Mm. and they really are dedicated to it so it's really lovely. As a female business owner myself, I mean, I can attest to that. Almost everyone I've worked with has been a recommendation, word of mouth, a relationship built. A cold pitch hasn't been the thing that has got me a client. It's been building those relationships with people. Yeah. And you know yourself, if you were going to refer someone to another person. You would refer someone you trust. You would refer someone you trust and you trust them because you've got to know them. Yeah. It's not just, oh, they're in my group, so I'll refer them. It's that you know the type of person they are and you feel comfortable passing them on to a friend or a client or a mm. contact. And yeah, that is still a really important part. You know, despite websites and social media and all the great ways that we Actually can... talking to people. <laughs> Who would have thought in 2022? And look, we've gone through COVID. Yeah. You know, we've gone through a long period of time where we all sat at home and isolation and loneliness has been a big deal for everyone, including businesses. Mm. We've seen some members who really use that time to transition to different ways of delivering and dealing with um, their business. But equally, you know, people do want to get out. Mm. You know, I think in some ways the way we approach networking is different. We don't approach it as let's go to a big thing and meet lots of people. It is about I want genuine relationships because Mm. one genuine relationship 
relationship as your example of the word of mouth can be can you know like a spider web can can spin out from there and connect you with so many people through that one genuine connection do you think that's a difference between men and women wanting a genuine connection or is that i think women really look for it Mm. i think we probably spend more time invest more time getting to know the person before we might decide to do business Mm. with them or refer them on so yeah i think probably and you know we generalize about these things but you know men probably go in and they're a bit more more sort of not strategic but a bit more focused focused in what they want you know I'm here looking for this they probably have less trouble asking for what they want yeah and are more direct what we find in our network at least is often our women aren't going in to ask what they want they're asking how can I help you so I think that is probably a key difference in the way perhaps men and women actually do business in that networking sense Mm. it's not I want this or I'm looking for this I want client referrals I want whatever it's well how can I help you to deliver what it is that you need? So whether that's a mindset piece, but it is about that relationship and trust piece that I think, you know, women in the way they network is quite different. And it's even, there are even subtleties around the time that women network. Today, a lot of women still have multiple responsibilities, caring responsibilities. So they need to fit that, particularly any live event network into that space. The long lunches. uh, uh, (laughs) The golf days. Well, they just don't happen anymore Mm. because it's got to take the dog to the vet, got to pick up the kids from school, got to get the car service, got to, you know, fulfill this. Like there just doesn't seem to be that amount of time. So women are looking to choose quality time Mm. over just spending a lot of time. So I think even for event organisers and for networks like ours, we have had to adjust to that change. And, and again, I think COVID has made people more selective about mm. how they spend their time in, in terms of virtuals. We know how many free webinars and opportunities yeah. to interact. And we, we spent a lot of time doing it through COVID. We're now at the point where much more selective. How am I going to spend this hour mm. that's of the most benefit to me? What's the reason to put pants back on and go to <laughs> a meeting in person? Look, there's nothing quite like being able to see someone across the table you know zoom's fantastic any of the virtual platforms have you know great offerings but you get so much more out of how you can read someone by having them there you know and interacting with them so and you can have more fun you know let's face it you can actually get up and do stuff and walk around and see more things so I, I think there will always be a really important place for that live networking what we've found is that certainly immediately post-COVID, smaller, more intimate gatherings, 15 to 20 people, where you can still be in a group setting, Mm. but it's not quite as intimidating. And you can meet and interact with all of those people rather than be at a table with 200 people and you only really interact with one person or the Mm. two people beside you at the table anyway. So for us, I think we have felt, you know, from the feedback from our members that there's probably still that need for live 
interaction, but it is in a more intimate space. And then you save the big shows, you know, for the really important stuff, which is also fun. Do you think these connections are kind of that antidote to imposter syndrome as well? I mean, I know that's a, it's a term that's being used a lot and I think it's really, really common for us. It is. I actually spoke about this topic a couple of weeks ago and one of the statistics that I came across was between 70 and 80% of people, all people, will experience that sense of imposter syndrome yeah. at some stage and the others are lying yeah and the others and the others are lying, <laughs> the others are lying. <laughs> i love it um but but there's but there's also that difference between uh lacking self-confidence and imposter syndrome yeah and i think a hundred percent of us all at some point experience you know a dip in our self-confidence mm. perhaps multiple times a day <laughs> but for people who actually feel that they are not worthy even though they're qualified yeah. they're skilled they're capable and they may even outwardly appear quite confident that sense of I am not worthy and in fact I'll sabotage it Mm. so that I prove myself right that I was never worthy is a really debilitating thing yes it is a thing for women and again you know some of the differences that we talked about in networking techniques and approaches do play out in that sort of approach and can lead to that sense of imposter syndrome. So yes, one of the absolutely most important things is to have a support network around you so that someone says to you, you can do this. We are here for you to help you do this. So when those dips in self-confidence come along, there's someone there who can see it and be supportive and make you feel better. I think sometimes we are our own worst critics. So it doesn't hurt to have a cheerleading squad around us to boost us up. Yeah. Yeah. And to help us to remember how to take praise Mm. that just say, no, you need to hear this. Mm. You know, you're doing a great job. And, you you know, uh, myself, I, I also need that i mean it's really great to hear feedback from people when they're happy and it kind of makes you feel like you're on the right track yeah so any of those sort of little doubts that you can potentially feel yeah it helps them go away i think that's an interesting point is i mean you're the ceo you're the owner you are women's network australia and for a lot of women who run their own businesses it's them at the top and the difference between when you work for somebody else and when you work for yourself is you know there's there's another manager there's someone else to give you that feedback but when it's you in charge of everything how do you find that validation like how do you know that you're on the right track yeah it's a good question and for me it's actually saying the people around me succeed like it's actually seeing the members really fire Mm. that validates it for me yeah I know it must be going right if they're happy and if what they're trying to put forward whether it's their business or their not-for-profit charity if they're getting the results that they're after that's for me is what makes me feel good yeah you're right you don't necessarily always hear hey you're doing a good thing yeah but there are people that I know that if I do get a bit shaky I can kind of go hey what do you reckon about this and they'll give me honest feedback but they'll also probably give me a little pat on the head that sometimes (laughs) I think we all need to just go okay yep you know, I can keep going. I can keep doing that. And that is important for anyone in any position. Mm. But yeah, I think most of the time, if I'm seeing the members 
happy and connecting, you know, and the conversations that are sparked around the room, you just go, wow, look at this. This is amazing. Mm. That makes me feel great. I think one of those differences, again, between men and women and the way that we do business is maybe men have never struggled to ask for mentors and support because it's been a done thing, but yeah, women I, don't necessarily surround no, them, like go out and ask for a mentor. It, I reckon. Yeah. I think as, you know, we just try to be perfect. You know, we just try so what hard. Do you mean we can't be everything all the time <laughs> and we try to do it all ourselves and I'm guilty of this all the time I'm a terrible delegator as you know um, <laughs> I mean that's an off-air conversation <laughs> <laughs> but it's that sense of well I've just got to do it and mm. we just yeah we aren't good at saying hey maybe I can get someone to do this for me or maybe I can get someone to help me do this I don't really understand why that is but certainly I think, you know, a lot of women would understand that feeling pretty well. I want to say the patriarchy. <laughs> the patriarchy is why that is. <laughs> Bring down the patriarchy. <laughs> Sound like we're going to have a little... No, wine. no, but we, 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 we love supportive men, so... Yeah, yeah. And look, let's face it, you don't have to dig too hard when you're talking to women who, among their support network... It's not exclusively women, you know. It's a supportive partner. It's a supportive father. It's a Mm. supportive male friend. I don't think that support network is an exclusively male or female thing because everybody can offer different things in that relationship. So, yeah, you know, we love our men. And I have to say that too because I've got two boys. So They they forced you to say that. Otherwise, they'll they'll pee on the floor (laughs) of the bathroom. That's what they'll do. No, 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 no. It's a great thing. It's actually a really interesting thing that I've observed that you know the young the young men I'm seeing are incredibly supportive of the girls you know in their peer groups and I'm really taken by their reactions to you know some of the things as issues come up which is really heartening which is it's a credit to you as a mother though because strong women raise good boys well you know we're not quite there yet but anyway we're going we're doing the best we can (laughs) So besides the podcast then, what are the other benefits to being a part of this network of women? There's both the tangible benefits and there's intangible benefits. And some of those intangible benefits, I think, are really important. The researchers and the studies that are are out there talk about how women in particular are more likely to succeed, and we all can you know, argue about the definition of success, Mm. but are more likely to succeed if they are part of a network. And when they talk about success, it's things like promotions, it's things like, you know, moving up up the ladder, so to speak, which may not happen if they don't have a network. And often within that network is a mentor or mentors mm. to help them to succeed. So that's a really important one, you know, that if we're ever going to if we're ever going to bridge the the gender pay gap, mm. then that's a that's a really important thing. So you know, I'll defer to the researchers about the benefits of that. But the other intangible one is through networks like ours, we support a number of really great charities and the positive feeling that you get by helping someone else through helping their charity just makes you feel good you know and that's really important it is a common connector within a group of people if they feel that they not only are linked by membership of something but there's a common cause that they support or have contributed to or volunteered to assist Mm. with so there's all those spin-offs that come through being part of you know a network like ours you can't be what you can't see as well i think Having all these visibly 
Yeah, true. Wonderful women. Yeah. See. And, you know, what What I find is, and, and actually what I encourage, is I think people should be in multiple networks. Yeah. Be in a professional association or a group, you know, whether you're an accountant or a journalist or whatever. Be amongst peers in your profession and get their feedback and guidance from a professional level. But also look for diversity. Yes. Look to be with different people. If you're only hanging out with accountants or lawyers all the time, are you actually seeing a cross slice of the community and society and and seeing different people? So I think there's real benefits for women to be in multiple organisations and whether it's an art club or it's a a hobby-related activity where, again, they're mixing with different people as well as sort of a professional focus like those different um, organisations, but something that also allows you to cut across. So, you know, we see everything from sole traders who are working from home to CEOs of ASX-listed companies. And you kind of say, well, why are you here? Like, what are you getting out of this? And a lot of the time, it's just friendship and support and to just hear from women about women's stuff, <laughs> the juggle, the, the the challenge, the all of that stuff where you can just get together and talk about it. And in, from other people who get it. Yeah, yeah, mm. absolutely. So, yeah, d- I think diversity is a really important thing. We're not into tribes and like this sort of there's been some kind of really, I think, language around some, some groups that are r- really wanting to be quite exclusive and closed off and and I don't feel comfortable with that. I think it's about bringing people of lots of different thoughts, backgrounds, diversity together mm. and sharing that knowledge and information rather than saying you're not part of my tribe. Mm. I don't I don't think that that's really what it's about. Have you got a crystal ball? Uh, no, I don't. I have a crystal. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can use it to peer into and see if we can work out what women's network is going to look like as we head into the future. Well, you know, look, uh, there's something really humbling actually taking over something that's been around for 30 years because mm. so many things these days are fly by night, here today, gone tomorrow. But I think the fundamentals of an organisation like Women's Network Australia and the concept of women getting together to support each other mm. is a long-lasting concept. So I think we have an opportunity through the network to do more with younger women and to use the knowledge and experience and, you know, all of the learnings that we have as women to share with the younger, the next generation of yeah. young business women who are starting. Now, whether they want to hang out with a bunch of cranky old ladies, I don't know, but <laughs> I think to sit down with any woman who has had the experience of having a business, mm. failing in business, getting up and starting again, plus personal challenges along the way is worth listening to. Yeah. And, you know, we can all learn so much from each other. So I think there's a real opportunity to bring. And, you know, we've we've already started doing that, I would have to say. It was really pleasing that in our, our latest magazine, we've had a special section called Up and Comers. And we've We've highlighted three young women in that section. The youngest is 15 who wow. started their own businesses and they're out there and they're doing amazing things. They've built their website. They're doing their marketing. They've connected with a network. They are really inspiring. What were you doing at 15? Not starting a business? Oh, look, I think I was probably dancing to other songs <laughs> in the lounge room. Yeah, definitely. I, I, was, I didn't actually know what business was yeah, when no, I was 15. I, I would have been playing my Sega Master System, I reckon, back then. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's impressive. Yeah, that these are these are really impressive young women, and they've seen the benefit of being part of a network of business women. So I'm really excited to see where we go with them. But I'm also excited to see where technology takes us. Mm. What will technology do in terms of our networking capabilities? If anything, I think it'll be bigger and wider and more diverse. You know, more women from wherever they might be in the world at any point in time. And the WNA Trailblazers podcast is just the tip of the iceberg in terms of being able to connect with women from all around the country to hear their great stories. Absolutely, Louise. And it's a great opportunity to both look back and look forward through the eyes of these trailblazers. So who will we hear from in these first few episodes? We look back through Lynette Parman, who founded Women's Network Australia more than 30 years ago. And then we look forward in the retail space by the very nature of being retail. They've had to be trailblazers and look at new ways to keep, Mm. you know, sparkly, shiny things to keep us consumers focused and spending money. And then we talk to Faith Agugu from Silver Sirens, who is redefining ageing for women, not exclusively for women, but for women in particular, and what she's doing in terms of just shaking things up around our attitude. So exciting. I love it. The teasers for the next few episodes are absolutely brilliant. This is going to be fantastic. Cheryl, I'm excited to embark on this trailblazing project with you. How can our audience connect with Women's Network Australia? Well, look, keep listening for a start because we've got more episodes coming and they are really exciting and um, those women are just so amazing and really worth listening to. But you can also find us on the website, womensnetwork.com.au and on all social media platforms. Just look for Women's Network Australia. Next time on Women's Network Australia Trailblazers. I found myself in positions of opportunity and I took them. Networking is not about making sales. It's about putting yourself in the proximity of opportunities, being able to recognise them and being able to act on them. Trailblazers. Women's Network Australia founder Lynette Parman takes us back to where it all began 30 years ago and shares her story creating the vibrant network that we have today. Women's Network Australia Trailblazers, amplifying the stories of women in business. Follow us from this podcasting app and be the first to hear new episodes. Excited to share your story with our network? Follow the Contact Us link in the show notes to let us know. Women's Network Australia Trailblazers is a Welcome Change Media production.